Hey friends, it's me, Katie Ann, your host of the Full Confidence Ahead podcast, where we go on a journey together tackling the fears of life from family relationships to finance and from careers to community. Today we have Kira Johnson, who's the director of the Provo Bicycle Collective, a nonprofit community for biking with a mission to make bikes and biking more accessible. She graduated from Brigham Young University in 2019 with a degree in urban planning and shortly moved to Virginia right after that. But two years later, she felt called back to the nonprofit world and landed a job at the director at the base of the Wasatch Mountains back in Utah. Apart from enjoying bikes, Kira also loves cross-country skiing, roller skating, bird watching, backpacking, wearing sweaters, eating ethnic foods, gardening, and doing all things with her pup, Otis. We are thrilled to have Kira on with us today. Kira, we are thrilled to have you on, and I specifically am very thrilled to have you on the show today because I have watched you with your pathway of finding finding your job you are now and through your education and who you are, all your three separate things that I just appreciated about you. So please, can you just share with us, what was your pathway? Tell our listeners, okay, what are you doing right now and how did you get there? Because it's probably so different for them to hear about this. I, I love I love your story. Great. So I studied city planning at Brigham Young University and was really involved with the Provo community while I was a student. So I was really involved with Provo Bicycle Collective. I was involved with Bike Walk Provo, which is an advocacy group. And I was on the neighborhood board for Provo's Divided Into Neighborhoods. And I was a vice chair on the neighborhood board for the neighborhood that I was living in. And I was thrilled to get a job as a city planner. So I moved to Virginia after I graduated and had a great experience there, but recognized that the strengths that I have or, or maybe what I love about myself wasn't being fully utilized in the city planning role that I had. And so I was looking at switching back to the nonprofit world, which um, I had had a job at the Bicycle Collective, which is a nonprofit while I was a student and I knew that I enjoyed that. And so I was like, let's switch back towards that field and was looking around and conveniently the director position for the Provo Bicycle Collective opened up right then. So I took the opportunity to apply and somehow got the job and moved back from Virginia to Provo where now I work as the director of Provo Bicycle Collective. I want to dig into a little bit of that pivotal point for you. You mentioned something that you recognize that your strengths weren't being utilized. A, that's a brave thing to be able to analyze yourself and recognize where you're at. And B, that's really brave to, after starting into a prayer career pathway to switch that that can be a really difficult thing especially when you've studied necessarily one pathway and you're like wait a minute that's great however I am not being utilized to my full potential here so first off let's just dive into that strengths how did you even recognize the strengths in yourself how did how are you able to see and identify your own strengths I think strengths are identified in um what you enjoy doing. Like if I enjoy doing something, then I feel like there's a, a possibility that maybe I'm good at that. And and that's why I want to keep participating in whatever it is. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think that was one, um, one aspect. And 
I, I could see one of my favorite parts of my city planning job was my interactions with people. And I loved being able to meet people. I, I recognized that I connected quickly with folks of all sorts of different backgrounds. And that was something that I got to use as a city planner, but I knew that you get to use it a whole lot more when you're working in the nonprofit world and you're more like on the ground working. I love your definition of strengths that you had there, that a strength is something that you enjoy doing because it's not necessarily saying that strengths is something that you're perfect at. Because I think in my head, I often grasp to that definition. And so I'm slow to say, here's my strengths because I'm not perfect at these qualities, but I have many that I enjoy and that I do fairly well. And I think that opens up a realm of possibilities when you can identify what strengths are. Like you said, saying, okay, strengths are what I enjoy. And then accept yourself knowing that it doesn't have to be perfect. So I loved how you just identified that right there. And I also loved how you talked about, and when you first started talking, you spoke a lot about communities and about connecting with people and you were in the Provo neighborhoods. And I want you to kind of create this discussion on what makes a good community? Oh yeah, I, I care a lot about community. And, and and there's all sorts of different communities that we can tap into. I think there's a community within our own selves. I, I have. I have my own little personal Kira community that happens here. There's, um, you know, different different emotions that I think out, bring out different different Kiras, and and then there's the community that we can create with friends with maybe similar interests or similar similar passions, um, or maybe there aren't any similarities, but we just enjoy being around each other, and that that can be a community. There's um, church communities. There's school communities with your classes. I love neighborhood and city communities because that really does put you with people that uh, come with all sorts of different strengths, all sorts of different interests. And there's, there is like a connecting link and that's that we live in the same place. And if we're gonna live in a place together, we might as well make it enjoyable to live together and, and find ways to get to know each other and to have fun, to be lighthearted and, and maybe also to be serious. Like, I think I think one of the powerful things about getting to know, especially like our neighbors is um, they can be a strong support system if something, if something happens to us. I mean, I hope this never happens, but if my house were to light on fire, like I hope that I'm, I know my neighbors because they would be the ones to let me know. It wouldn't be my friends. My friends don't live near me. Uh, so yeah, commu- community is important to me. I, I love trying to find ways to, to spend time together to create connection and conversation. I think that's really cool. Two points. I never thought about yourself as a community. And that is just novel to me. (laughs) Because we have so many emotions and different things that we have within us that can be a community of diversity in and of itself within your own experiences and within your thoughts. So I think everything... And I'm going to ask you a little bit more about how to be a participant in community. I think everything that you'll probably say can be on this bigger realm and also applied within yourself. So I hope the podcast listeners, as you're as you're listening today, you also apply these things not only to the, the at-large community, but within yourself as well, because that it was just a wow comment to me. That was definitely mm-hmm. a wow comment. And the other thing you said was that sometimes in your communities, especially in a city, 
that sometimes the only thing that unites you is your location. But that's beautiful because sometimes you're trying to find something in common and maybe you never will. Maybe there is this beautiful diversity which we cherish and need and that's going to make it so our differences are so wide but we can hang on to the fact that we live together and that is one thing that makes us similar. And so we'll celebrate the one similar thing and then embrace and love the differences. So that was a really interesting thing because sometimes I think I'm searching for similarities with other people where I can just stop and be like, you know what? The thing that's similar is we're both sitting in this room and that is so cool, (laughs) right? So talk to me a little bit more about how can I be a better member of my community? Tapping back into our strengths, things that we enjoy doing, that's that's what we have to offer to a community. And so if like for me, I really love gathering people. If that's if that's something that I enjoy and I'm good at is one of my strengths, then then I can be the one to gather the people. Maybe I'm not as good at like initiating the conversations or keeping keeping the conversations going, but I do love to gather. And maybe somebody else at the gathering is is better at, you know, like providing the food or something. Um, yeah, our strengths is for sure what we enjoy doing. Um, if there's like an issue, like we all complain about things all the time. Uh, and that's like really annoying to me that we just complain and we don't do anything about it. And that's something that I've tried to dig into within myself is like, okay, for example, I, I bike everywhere. That's, that's how I prefer to get around town. And when I first started biking around, it was out of necessity. I didn't have a car. And so, so biking was my option if I wanted to get places. And I didn't always feel super safe on some of the streets here in Provo. And so I started trying to figure out like, okay, who, who are the people I need to have conversations with to in the initiate changes within this environment? And that's how I got tapped into the Bike Walk Provo community, the advocacy group where now my complaining is actually being channeled towards something useful that like the complaints are helpful because it helps us identify where the where the like um stress points are that need to be fixed and then we have this community built around complaining and then there's action created because of that complaining (laughs) that is so cool because you're right we all complain i'm like oh my drain's clogged i need to go fix it or you know we all have these moments but you might as well make that complaint productive right and i think that was really powerful your steps there so first off recognize we all complain okay so either do it and be productive or kind of don't do it right (laughs) but if you're gonna do it and be productive the next step you did was you said, okay, who do I have these conversations with? And you identified that. And I think as community members, we can realize that because no community is perfect. We all recognize that. Or I don't think there's a perfect community. Maybe I just haven't discovered it yet. But um, so there's going to be complaints. There's going to be moments. It's not going to be 100% suitable for everyone every single moment of the day. And so what am I doing with that complaint? Am I just bringing my city down by by having unproductive complaints with people who the complaints fall on dead ears? Or am I creating change, which can be with talking with certain peoples of a council member, it can be voting, it can be going to a nonprofit, it can be, there's various ways that we can make that happen. But that was just novel to me of, we're all gonna complain, 
can you, is there a way you can make that productive? So I want to dig more into what you've done and what, what is this, this biking initiative that you've been a part of? Can you explain it a little bit to us? Yeah. So the Bicycle Collective is a nonprofit organization. Uh, well, okay. I'm, I'm involved with a few biking things. Okay. Um, tell us all of it. <laughs> okay, great. So, so I'm first going to talk about uh, the Bicycle Collective and the Bicycle Collective is a nonprofit community bike shop, uh, bike hub. Um, we, we do more than just like, I guess, work on bikes. We, we do try to create community within that. So our, our mission is to, to make biking more accessible. We do that by providing bikes at low to no cost for underserved communities. And we provide education about bikes. So you can come in and donate a bike if there's been a bike that's been neglected in your garage we'll fix it up and we will either sell that or sell that bike at affordable prices which for like a reliable commuter bike that's like 270 to 350 dollars or we will fix it up to give away to community members who, who can't afford a bike but are in need of some means of transportation to just make common utilitarian trips. They need to get to their doctor's appointment. They need to get to the grocery store. They, they need to get to a job interview. And uh, bikes can really enable that independence. So that's what we're trying to do. Um, just, just make it easier for anybody to get a bike. And we just create a fun community around that. We go on bike rides, like social rides all the time that are family friendly. We put on fun events. We host mechanic classes. We train volunteers to learn bicycle mechanics or if you don't want to learn mechanics you can just help us out in the shop we we just do anything related to bikes is what the bicycle collective is up to that is so, that's so that. cool yeah <laughs> tell us more about your other biking things okay so the other thing is bike walk provo which i i volunteer with that group and that's the advocacy group in provo that's working to make our safe our streets safer for all users so in the United States especially, or at least in, in newer cities, the way that our cities are designed is primarily designed around a car. So people that have a car can get around easily, but people that don't have a car, it's harder for them to get around. Sometimes we have public transportation and that's a great blessing, but it's also, um, it, it doesn't tap into the entire city. And um, so Bike Walk Provo is trying to make Provo a safer and more enjoyable place to just be a human. I love that because that's that's an interest that you have used as a point of including people. It's something that you just naturally love, biking and whatnot, but you've tapped into that and said, okay, I have this interest, which is now we know it's something you enjoy, so that's your strength, right? <laughs> so you're using your strength to say, hey, there's underserved people in my community. I'm going to tap into that and include them. And I hope that we could all maybe take a step back after we've listened to this podcast and say, okay, what's my interest? What's my strength? What do I enjoy? How can I utilize it to better my community? And how can I utilize it to help people feel more inclusive? Because you have done that with just this incredible power. You have done that saying, okay, this is what I enjoy, to the point you switched your job to come to do something that fulfills you even more. 
And that is, I hope we all at some point in our lives do that. And we all have strengths that come and go, right? We have interests that develop along our way. And so we're probably going to have to reassess that in our lives multiple times. So that was just fascinating to me. And just to even think, I, I hadn't even thought about, wow, if someone didn't have a car, we are designed for cars. <laughs> yes, we definitely are. And that, that was my interest with city planning was how can we how can we change things to be more for everyone? And and I quickly became discouraged because I realized that my strengths and not this isn't for every city planner. Some are some are making big strides, but I realized my strengths were better as an advocate rather than working for the government. I just want to pause and give a moment to our sponsors. Now, you guys, <laughs> I'm afraid of three things, and that's snakes, haunted houses, and going over my budget. And Utah Money Mons has helped me calm my fear of going over my budget through their free webinars and downloadable materials. Last December, they actually had a webinar for panic procrastinators, and it helped me stay in the budget and keep calm while I was getting all the gifts that I needed during the holiday season. They actually helped 86% of their followers create a financial goal. So head on over to utahmoneymoms.com or utahmoneymoms on Instagram to get your free financial confidence boost. You're an incredible, powerful voice in your community. And I just want to stop and just ask you, how how did you become that? How did you feel this want to change um, where you're at? Because sometimes I have ideas, but not the, I don't know how to feel that, that push to do it or know even where to start. Uh, can I share my answer through a little bit of an analogy of please. something that happened? Um, yes, please. I was given a small flower vase for my birthday back in November, just like a, a real small, uh, like a couple inches. And there is some cute little orange flowers in it. And the, the first couple weeks I watered them and they kept blooming and it was, it was beautiful. And they started to die as all flowers do. And I... Um, for whatever reason, just left the dead withering flowers in this tiny vase on my windowsill. And I, and I wasn't watering them at that point because I knew that they were dead and I was just too lazy to throw them out or something. And, uh, last week I looked at the flowers and new flowers had come in. They were orange once again, they were, they were no longer brown and dead. And I hadn't watered them for like a month or maybe longer, <laughs> they just been sitting there in the windowsill. Um, I thought dying, but they were, they were growing somehow. And I think that's sort of what happened to me was I, I have always been somebody that had a lot of passion and had a lot of enthusiasm for life. And there was a time period where I was very depressed and I was very apathetic towards all things. And um, had a very hard time finding any sort of joy or passion. And it was a, it was a hard thing to um, see within myself. And I know it was hard for my family and friends to see in me, to know that I'd always been a, a passionate person to all of a sudden just not really care about life. Um, and somehow amidst that like drought <laughs> where like nothing was being watered inside the Kira plant, um, somehow blossoms like came and uh, I think my bike was actually what did that to me was was just like getting around my bike and discovering like oh this is something that's therapeutic to me like I, my mind really clears when I'm on my bike I love that this is how I'm getting around town I love that I can 
like see things better. I love that I can hear things. I, um, that, that summer I was, um, commuting by bike between like a couple jobs about like 10 to 20 miles a day, depending on the day. And my first job was early in the morning. And I loved that I got to like watch the sunrise as I was biking. And, um, that's where the passion was sort of reborn inside of me was realizing like, oh, okay, there's something I can do with this. And, um, then I tapped into the advocacy group and then my bike got stolen. So I had to buy a new one and that's how I got tapped into the bicycle collective. So it was like a blessing in disguise that, um, cause I ended up coming to the bicycle collective to buy a bike. And then I realized I didn't know anything about taking care of bikes. So I wanted to volunteer and, um, then because I was one of the only female volunteers because bike mechanics are very male dominated, uh, I ended up getting hired and, and that's just opened so many doors. So, um, I really found my path, uh, it just kind of came to me in, in a dark moment of, of just like finding one thing that did bring me light. I connect so well with that comment and your, your metaphor that you used of that example of the flowers, because I think we all have cycles in our lives at some point or the other, and they can be longer, they can be short, but there's moments that we're engaged, passionate, and thriving. And then there's moments that we're not. And that's, and sometimes those moments are deeper than others, uh, depending on what's happening in our lives. But uh, just like your flowers, it did rebloom and that hope that it just did it. And, and it kind of just spontaneously happened. It was just there. And I, I love that just to have this hope in the future. And maybe, maybe next time our listeners on the podcast have a down moment, I hope that they remember your story again, saying not right now, but again, in the future, my flowers will bloom. You know, I hope that they can walk away with that. But I also want to dig into you being a girl mechanic in the shop because that is so, I would feel so intimidated. And I was so impressed by that. Can you talk to me a little bit about how was it the first time when you walked in as the only girl in this mechanic shop? <laughs> um, I wish I could remember that first first time, to be honest. I, um, I think in a lot of ways, I have not always been as intimidated as being the only female doing things as, as maybe other people, because I, I grew up, um, just very much being a tomboy and I played sports with all the boys. And, uh, so walking into the bike world was, was not, um, maybe as intimidating, uh, but it was intimidating to not know how to pump up my bike tire. And I was like, I feel like a total idiot. And it uh, turns out like that's something that a lot of people don't know how to do. Um, it wasn't just me, but um, that, that was the more intimidating part. And I didn't think of it so much as like me being a female and not knowing how, it was just me being like a human. And I was like, I ride my bike and I don't know how to pump up the tire. Um, but I remember that the first, I, the one thing that I do remember is that I brought a friend with me um, and, and it, was, it was like a guy friend. So he felt, you know, like he jumped right into things. Um, but then soon enough, like our like schedules didn't line up. So, so I was volunteering on my own time and uh, yeah, just went from there. I really like what you said too. It wasn't that you were necessarily a female who didn't know how to pump up your bike. You were just a human who didn't know how to pump up their bike. Cause I think it's uh, male and female. We're gonna have circumstances that are just uncomfy. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. And I love how you just walked in. You're like, hey, 
I just need to learn. And I think if we take it down to the basics, because there's going to be circumstances in our lives, whether it's learning how to pump up a tire or whatever, whatever we don't know, it might feel comfy to start learning. But that humility of, okay, I don't know and I want to learn, so I'm going to sit here anyways, is so impressive to me that you just did that and you walked in. Okay, so you went from not knowing how to do anything with tires to now, how are you with bikes? Uh, yeah, I'm a lot more confident. I'm I'm not I'm not the the expert in the shop, but I am. So I volunteered for a few months and was hired on. They 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 were really wanting to get more women involved, and the director at the time, Austin, saw me being involved in the bike world in several aspects, and he's like, I think I think Kira is pretty passionate about this, and so he offered me a job, and uh, suggested that I start a program to get more women and um, just like sort of like neglected populations involved with bicycle mechanics. And so I was totally on board with that, but I was like, I don't know a thing about, I still don't know a lot about fixing bikes, so how can I teach other people? So once I was hired, I, I just sort of shadowed one of our mechanics for a long time and he, he trained me up on how to do things to the point where now, yeah, I, I can teach people and um, I'm no good at modern bikes, like anything with disc brakes or hydraulic brakes or um, fancy things I, I can't do, but uh, just good old traditional rim brakes, uh, chains, whatnot, I can, I can work on. And I love helping other people work on them, especially, um, yeah, especially women and children love teaching those populations. That is so cool. So have you started to work more with recruiting women and children and those people? So tell me a little bit about that experience. Yeah, so there is a sort of global movement called Women's Trans Femme. And uh, that's just supposed to be like an evening or an event for uh, those populations to come in and work on bikes in a safe and supportive environment. So um, that's a weekly event that I host called Women's Trans Femme Night. Every Monday from five to eight, the shop is open only to people who identify as women, trans, um, masculine or feminine, um, femme, non-binary. They can come in, work on their bikes. Uh, They don't have to worry about being mansplained to. They uh, don't have to know anything about bikes. Like that's what I'm here, that's what I'm there for. I'm there to support and to answer questions. And it's great, it's a lot of fun. It's a good way to um, overcome the intimidation. I love that because this is an area I work in with finances too, where I'm trying to create content for these target people too, because I do understand that a lot of times there's been this male dominant conversation with finances to the point that women or this group is left behind because we're we're jumping in mid-conversation rather than starting at the beginning. And so you have to have someone who's willing to sit with you and have this non-intimidation factor. And I think there's, there's a need to have content made for women by women or for this population by this population because we accept it a little bit more when it's coming from someone who understands you, right? Someone who you can identify with, just like we were talking about in communities, that you have something a little bit more in common than just the location. And especially when the knowledge gap can be embarrassing, right? Sometimes it's embarrassing. Like you said, like you didn't know how to pump up your tire. That can feel embarrassing, but to have someone who's with you 
I love that. Yeah, that's that's cool that you're doing that within finances, Katie Ann. Because I, I think with, with any field that we're a part of, it's like we, we bring something to the table and and that's not a not a voice that's always been listened to and so we have a lot of power to to raise that I love that you say that we bring a voice to the table you know I am I'm very passionate about that we all really do have a voice and I think throughout our conversation you have given me ideas of how to utilize that voice whether it's a voice of complaining or a voice of ideas, utilize that in a positive fashion to move forward. And I want to dig back into these nights that you do on Monday. So you are there to teach people. How do you make this information non-threatening? I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think that I think that it's it's so the way that we market it is as a night where you can either bring your bike. To work on your own bike um you know we have a bunch of tools here uh, we have stands and i can help you tune up your bike or you can come in and work on one of the bikes that we end up giving to community members is like we, we start with kids bikes um, those are pretty simple to learn on and and then i also say like if you just want to come hang out with the shop dog otis my dog otis is with us every monday and if if all you want to do is just come hang out at a shop with a dog and and maybe some other rad people. Great, that's fun. Um, so I don't know. Maybe maybe that approach helps. Yeah, <laughs> no, it totally does. <laughs> I think I think what you did is you just you said like you don't even necessarily need a purpose to be here, but here's a space. Like yeah. you can if you want to learn, come. If you want to practice on something we're giving away, or if you simply just want to sit here and be here, I love that. Actually, just I want to be like you in that way i want to be a person who just creates spaces for people saying hey this is a space come and sit with me if you want to do something come do something if not just come come sit in this space with me and creating maybe there's more of a need for spaces in our community i think there is i think there's a big need of spaces um yeah that's another planning aspect. <laughs> I love that. We, we don't have as many like gathering spaces in the same way that a lot of um, other cultures. Like you, you lived in Portugal. Um, yes, I did. I don't did. know if they have like plazas there. That's something that's very common in Latin America of just like spaces for people to gather at the end of the night or like porches, front porches, uh, great gathering yes. places. You know, you bringing that up just totally throws me back. So for our listeners, yes, I lived in Portugal for a year and a half and it was, it's beautiful just seeing another culture and you're so right. I loved it because there's a significant older population in Portugal and during the day or at night, there's like, they're outside together. Yes. And they are at the coffee shop or they are at the grocery they even are at the grocery store gathering. Or there's that um, group of men always playing chess in the park. Or they'll go on walks. There is this sense of gathering. And they also even though they live in separated spaces in apartments that really seems segregated, they have made a conscious effort to apply parks and go to them, to have areas and visit them, to do things as a community, to know your neighbor. And I think that's something that I would love to bring back from that experience living there is staying in spaces with people. And I also hope that, because you're right, city planning, I now switching from Europe to here, you do recognize, okay, well, we do have parks, but it's not the same design or it's not the center of the city it's not quite like that is but 
what I could do is I could open up my house to be a space, right? I could compensate that. So I love the depth of your conversation and what you have brought in to enrich our, truly enrich our communities and our world. So as we're wrapping up our conversation, I want to ask you one more question that we always ask our interviewees here on the podcast. And that is, if you could give yourself one piece of advice when you were younger, so going back in time to boost your confidence, what would you do? But I'm going to tweak that a little bit for you, especially that we talked about the flower and having this moment. So what would you have told yourself in this moment that was darker for you in your life? Um, I think one of the things that's, that's easy for me to forget both in that moment in my life and also when I was younger is that the, the, the very things that make me unique and uh, different um, can be used maybe by others to make fun of me or even for myself to feel like I'm not I'm not like on the in crowd but those are the very things that actually make me like a valuable community member and and make me when I embrace those things help me enjoy this own little community within myself so I guess to sum that up uh, allow I, I would tell myself to allow myself to embrace myself that is so beautiful all the parts of ourselves that community inside that's so diverse and sometimes very different from the other people around us thank you for your thoughts today i have just i want to walk out that door and build a park and have a space now so thank you for sharing with me how to build a community and just to be a better community member and your thoughts and expertise we appreciate you and your time Thanks, Katie. It's nice, nice to be talking about it. I think a lot of times the feeling of fear comes from a lack of control in our lives. And our sponsor, PowerPay, is offering a money master course that's normally $40 for free to all Full Confidence Ahead podcast listeners. So you can take control of your finances this year. The course is video-based and gives you real-life money smarts. So to claim your course, go to extensioncourses.usu.edu slash Powell, which is K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N-P-O-W-E-L-L. And it'll automatically add the money master course to your cart and you just click checkout and you'll get it for free. You can also access your course by going to extensioncourses.usu.edu and finding the Money Master course under the finance category, then using the code KATIEANN, K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N, with no spaces, to claim your $40 discount and free course at checkout. So let's master our money together. Thanks for listening in on the Full Confidence Ahead podcast. Weekly on Tuesdays, we'll continue our journey of confidence together through new interviews and insights. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on the latest conversations and confidence boosts. And by the way, you got this because you deserve to live life full confidence ahead. See you next week.